Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, dancing in, scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenia, up for the drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 196 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, January 28th, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Since our last episode, Canadians played three games. They lost two out of the three. They started off with a 3-2 loss against the Buffalo Sabres in overtime. Then on the Tuesday, Canadians beat the Flames by a score of 5-1. And then on Thursday, right before the All-Star break, Canadians lose 3-1 against the New York Islanders in, um, in Brooklyn, where the Islanders play right now. So if we look at the standings at the All-Star break, Canadians are first place in the Atlantic Division. They've played 50 games. They have a record of 29, 14, and 7, 65 points. They have a 7-point lead over the Ottawa Senators, and they have a 9-point lead over the Boston Bruins. But keep in mind, the Ottawa Senators do have three games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. So if the Senators go on to win, all three games will be a tight race for the first place in the Atlantic division, which maybe we could talk about this later, which might not necessarily be a bad thing for the Canadians. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are fourth place. They are behind the Capitals, the Blue Jackets, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's quite a strong metropolitan division in the Eastern Conference. Our question of the day, Canadians acquired Nikita Nesterov from the Tampa Bay Lightning on the Thursday. So our question is, what are the next dominoes to fall following Mark Bergevin's acquisition of Nesterov? Because is anything going to happen? Is this it? What kind of impact will this trade have to the Montreal Canadiens? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also uh, leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. We'll be looking at the comments and your tweets in the third segment, and we will also be opening the phone lines at that time. And joining me now, editor and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow me on Twitter at All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Glad to be here. Um, just take a second to wish a very happy new year to all of our um, Asian listeners. It's uh, officially now the year of the rooster. That's a nice way to say it. That's not exactly how I always thought pronounced on the social media, but we'll keep it that way to the year of the rooster. So happy new year to, uh, to those of you impacted. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. All right. This is the most popular segment, not only for Hams 360 podcast, but for all of podcasts out there are the winners and the losers of the week. So myself and Rick, we choose a winner and a loser each to tell you what happened, the good guys and the bad guys, over the last seven days. And we always go with, uh, we decide what goes first based on the moods of how the team is going. And while the Canadians lost badly on Thursday against the New York Islanders, so we're going to begin with the losers. And what the hell, I'll, I'll go first. So I'm going to take you back to the final minute in the game between the Canadians and the Calgary Flames on Tuesday night at the Bell Centre. 
the Canadians had a three, a five nothing lead late in that third period, and then there was a bad penalty by Radulov in the offensive zone, and it led to Sam Bennett scoring with uh, about one second left. Uh, left in the third period, then it ruined Carey Price's shutout. So my nominee for a loser of the week is that final minute. And, well, Radulov, after the game, he was asked to comment about his penalty and the fact that Carey Price did not get the shutout. Yeah, I feel good, but at the end, you know, kind of really want to give this to Price, you know. I mean, like I said, he can't stop playing at the end, you know. Took a bad penalty, you know, cost us a goal in the second, and he was there for us today, and, uh, you know, he deserved the shutout, and always. It's, it's tough, but like I said, I'm going to work on, on those things and make sure it's never happen again. So Alex Radulov always sounds like he's out of breath in the uh, post-game uh, interviews. And, well, it was a bad penalty. It was a bad, lazy penalty by Radulov at the end of the game. But we can't be too upset with Radulov because he did score a pair of goals in that game against the uh, the Calgary Flames. So he did his part uh, as well. When it comes to Carey Price not getting a shutout, honestly, to me, it's uh, it's not a big deal. It's only one goal. And when, even when it comes to the stats and the goals against average, it, it has a little impact. So not a big deal that I think that uh, Carey Price didn't get a shutout. Most important thing, I'm going to use a cliche here, was that the Canadians did get the two points against the Flames. And boy, were those two points important because imagine they would have lost that game against the Flames. And then, well, on Saturday, like I mentioned, they lost against the Sabres and then they ended up losing against the Islanders. A three-game losing streak heading into the All-Star break. It would have been chaos when it comes to, uh, to Montreal Canadiens Nation, and it, always, and it already is following one loss against the, uh, the Islanders on, uh, on Thursday. So furthermore, to this, to this final minute, uh, it's still a continuation as my loser of uh, the week. Let's hear the call of, I would say, pretty much uh, the, the last sequence, courtesy of uh, TSN 690. Break the shutout, you mean? Yes, I said it. I don't care. What is wrong with Nothing. you? Nothing. That's a superstition. You can't say that. I you played hockey even if you played at the park. Six seconds left. He can't clear it. Hamilton, four seconds left. His pass out front, and they score with four-tenths of a second left. Can you believe it? They're going to check, but that's a goal. Well, I don't know who feels worse, Weber or you. Weber. <laughs> so that's uh, Dan Robertson and Sergio Messo from TSN 690 with their play-by-play and commentary of uh, those final moments of the game against the, the Canadians and the Flames. And even Dan Robertson ended up saying uh, that he received uh, messages, whether it be Twitter or etc., of people telling him, like, I can't believe you ruined, you, you cursed him just by saying the word shutout. Even you heard Sergio Messo on the broadcast. He didn't seem to be too excited that uh, Dan Robertson mentioned it. But I don't believe in that kind of superstition. If, if Carey Price was able to hear it, if Dan Robertson was next to him and to say he said that and then it sort of put Carey Price off his game, that I would believe. But Dan Robertson, he's sitting up in the rafters almost. And, well, Carey Price couldn't hear him. So it has no impact. I can't believe it. And I still can't believe some people believe in those kind of uh, superstitions. So I guess my part... Uh, 1A, losers are the people who sent in uh, nasty messages to Dan Robertson about uh, jinxing the um, the shout-out for, for Carey Price. So, Rick, what did you think about that whole uh, ordeal with those final moments of the game against the Flames? Boy, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. It, it, I, I agree with you. It, that's, um, it, but it's a lot there. It's, it was interesting because the Canadians... They won five to one, um, and uh, Radulov had two goals and was uh, named third star. But he, his his um, his whole demeanor—it was like his dog died. He was he was upset. He was upset with himself. He was upset um, that the team had allowed the goal. He was upset that they let down Carey Price. 
and and not only Radulov, if you player after player came, and it was it was it was really a somber kind of attitude and um that kind of thing can I, I know as you said, no big deals, just a goal, the ruin the shutout, whatever. But the 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 attitude would have been much, much different um had they preserve the shutout for Carey Price. I think I think just their psyche, their 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 team kind of character that yeah, they they held the lead and protected. I think their 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 psyche took a bit of a hit there. Uh cuz the team was not very happy about that. And um you know, on a minor point, um Carey Price is uh chasing Ken Dryden. Um for career shutouts that would have been Carey's 39th. I, I don't know how many I should have looked it up. I think Dryden's mid forties, 45, maybe. Um, but it was just for me, it was more. And, and when you talk about um, Dan Robertson, I, I, th- I think Sergio was, Sergio was, was shocked that Dan Robertson would say that. And Sergio was saying it as a player. Um because not only to hockey players, but to all pro athletes, superstitions mean something. And you might think they're silly, but it, it's, it's, um, it's the power of the mind. Again, it's the psyche. It's just, um, you know, using the same stick or, or, or the same routine. Each, you, 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 it gives you confidence. It gives you power. It gives you – so um, Dan Robertson, no, he didn't he – didn't, um, Price couldn't hear him or anything, but it was just – um, as, as Mameso said, um, do you know anything about hockey? If you're playing driveway <laughs> hockey, you don't say shut out for God's sakes. Um, I, I tweeted, uh, not, I didn't, I didn't tweet angrily or anything. I just asked the question on, um, on Twitter. I said, does Dan Robertson regret saying the dreaded word shut out in the final few minutes on the radio broadcast? Dan re- replied directly to me. He's, um, no, I wish I had that much power, but it's, it's, it's not that it's just kind of the, you know, it's just, it's just, um, a convention that, that, uh, that, that you broke. And, uh, so it's, I, I know it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, an odd thing in sports, you know, baseball players don't step on the foul lines. It doesn't make them play any, any worse, but if it gets in their head, that oh my god I stepped on the foul line and that consumes them and then you know then they're they're making an error that kind of thing sits with them it's um we we some we we focus a lot on the physical aspect of of playing a position whether it's goaltending or whatever but um I the the whole superstition thing plays into the mental game which is a big part of of hockey and sports in general. I just answer your question. 46 shutouts for Ken Dryden and 38 for, for Carey Price. So he's getting there. So Rick, why do we go on with, uh, with your loser for, for this week? Um, just, just a, a quick one. It was um, happened the other night in the game, uh, Nashville versus uh, Columbus blue jackets. Um, uh, we uh, do, you have, do you have the audio for it? We no, no, we can't play the audio for it. <laughs> it was it was referee Frederick Lucier. He um, I, I I don't know who he was directing it to. Um, on the broadcast, he went to you know near center ice to uh, between center and the and the and the penalty box. Looked, put on his mic, went to make the interference call, and then turned and just screamed at somebody twice f you f you um with his with his mic on and so all the you know little children that are watching at home got to see the, the referee do it. it's just it's just something you never see and and uh so for that um i'm going to uh, uh i'm going to give our referee friend uh the uh my nod as loser of the week yeah, and uh, also not only the, the kids watching on TV, the kids watching in the arena as, as well. And I found it hard to believe. Like, I expect the players to talk like that amongst themselves. I expect the referees to get some abuse, but no way would I ever expect the referee to talk back like that, especially not in the NHL, talk back to a player like that. So, 
So well-deserved. And who knows, let's, it would be interesting to see if the league will do anything following that incident. Will he uh, get suspended? Will he get disciplined? Because um, the, the league doesn't look good following that uh, incident. So that would be just curious to see. Obviously, we won't know uh, publicly. I don't think we'll make an official announcement. But I guess if you really care, you can just check to see if he's going to referee any couple of games in the next uh, couple of days. All right, let's move on now to our winners of uh, the week. And, well, I'll go first. And mine goes to Canadian general manager Mark Bergevin. And prior to the game against the New York Islanders, it was right before puck drop. It was an announcement was made. Nobody saw this coming. Well, you know, it's not a big acquisition as well. Canadians acquired Nikita Nesterov from the Tampa Bay Lightning in return for Jonathan Racine and a sixth-round draft pick. So to me, it means the Canadians got a free player, an NHL player, somebody who could uh, who could stay with a team and, uh, and make uh, some kind of a difference uh, immediately. And, well, what did they give up for him? They didn't give up uh, anything. The reason why... It, Tampa Bay didn't couldn't get much for him is because they they would probably put him on uh, waivers because of the um, because of roster spots were running out for him. So the Canadians picked it up for pretty much anything. And we're going to talk about the impact of this trade and any domino effects later on uh, today's episode. But if we look at the scouting reports for. Uh, for Nesterov, it looks like he's a, a third-pairing defenseman, like a number five, number six, a, a number seven defenseman. He he gets some power play time. He can play on the left side and on the right side, even though he's a left-handed shooter and he's a, a puck-moving defenseman. Career in the NHL, he has 28 points in 119 games, minus three and for this season with the Tampa Bay Lightning, he's played 35 games and uh, got him 12 points and minus three in uh, in that time frame. So, Rick, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the trade? So, I guess, just to summarize, Mark Bergevin is my winner for acquiring an NHL player uh, for pretty much nothing. So, Rick, now back to you. What are your thoughts on the trade? And at the same time, you also know Jonathan Gassin. You've seen him play with the ice caps at the same time. Maybe tell us more because somebody like me, I don't know much about uh, Gassin. I assume that because I haven't heard of him, that uh, he probably won't make it in the NHL. Well, it's funny because just last week we were talking about Mark Bergevin's, um, the interview he did with Chris Nyland. And in that interview, he mentioned uh, he was on his shopping list was a young so Nesterov's 23, I think. Check. Check that box. Left-handed. Yeah, that's Nesterov. Puck-moving defenseman. That's Nesterov. Did anybody think that's who he had in mind when he mentioned that he wanted a young um, left-handed puck-moving defenseman? No, of course not. And, and that's not to say that, that he, you know, he, he's checked that off his list. Uh, he, he still may be looking for uh, top, top two, top four um, uh, defensemen. Um, that's, that's yet to, to be seen. Um, but I, yeah, I think, you know, looking at, at Twitter, the, um, uh, Jason St. Germain says another steal by Berge. Um, Dylan Sharp says great move. He might have some upside plastic costed us barely anything, nothing, I guess. Can't go wrong. I get, uh, I guess for me, we, let's let's remember how this all played out how did how did the canadians get racine racine came from the florida panthers organization that trade happened uh very early in the season who did the canadians give up tim bozen tim bozen is interesting because tim bozen was a very early third round pick um 64th overall and tim bozen tons of skill um high ceiling right but he ran into health problems, meningitis. Well, you know, we remember that scare uh, and he had a tough time getting his game back. Uh, so when we look at this trade as Nesterov for Bozen, um, you know, Bozen, an early third round pick, Nesterov was a, a fifth round pick, 148th overall. Hmm. Maybe now it's looking a little bit different. If, 
if um, Bozen can get his game back. Um, and, and why did why did the you know is is Stevie Eisenman just that dumb? Is Mark Bergevin a genius? Did he fleece another GM? Well, no, of course not. There's a reason that that they were willing to give up Nesterov. As you said, they were running into uh, roster spot problems. Uh, they they have cap problems. Uh, uh, Nesterov's an RFA at the end of the year. They've got other priorities other than Nesterov to sign. Uh, Nesterov was uh, in the, the press box a fair bit. Um, and and he's he's a good skater. He's a good puck mover. He's a little bit undersized. And he is not very good in his own end. At least this season, he's been awful in his own end. Um, if you look at, at the, the Tampa fans, they are absolutely thrilled with this trade. Um, there's a... Uh, TBL fan 37 Nesterov was traded for a living breathing human oh my god we won the trade all in caps um, Victor Spencer Nesty wasn't doing anything this season um, and it goes on and on and on and on um, and they have great um, expectations of Racine for me Racine I, you know he's got good size skates well um, he just looked absolute on on many nights that he played. He played uh, 26 games, I believe, um, for the Ice Caps. He just looked bewildered. Um, he looked like he hadn't figured out the game yet. Um, he was all over the ice. He didn't look good in his own zone. I mean, he he was just had sporadic. You could see that there was potential there, um, but he just looked like he hadn't quite caught on yet, and. Um, so I think, I think this was a case of, of um, you know, kind of potential for potential. The other little concern with Nesterov is he said, and said very loudly and clearly, that at the end of the season, as I said, he's an RFA. He wants to go back to the KHL. So if this is a very short term, uh, and we're looking at, say, Bozen for for uh, Nesterov and Nesterov bolts at the end of this, this year. Um, maybe that, maybe now it's not looking like such a great trade. Um, but I understand why this is, if, if it's a rental. Now I should say about the, uh, going back to the KHL, the, the uh, Nesterov's agent has said, uh, well, maybe no, well, we'll try to stay here. I mean, he said all the, the agent things, keeping the doors open and the options open. And maybe once um, Nestorov gets with that cadre of, of Russians with the Canadians, maybe he'll, he'll change his mind. All possible, but that's all speculation. What, he, what we know, what he said, what he said for sure, is his intentions are to, to go back to Russia at the end of this season. So um, decent trade, uh, I guess, uh, but not, not uh, an absolute steal, I think, the way some are framing it. Oh, and uh, I, when it comes to depth players, because that's what Nesterov is, uh, I, I have trust in Mark Brezhnev. If you take a look at a couple of other players that he's acquired, depth players, you look at players like Paul Byron, uh, Mike Weaver, Dale Weiss, Phil Dano, uh, Mitch, Tory Mitchell, Brian Flynn. It's, it seems like he, he has that, I don't know, that eye for those uh, depth players. So we'll see how this turns out for the Montreal Canadiens. And we'll talk about the impact of this trade later on in today's episode. So, Rick, let's move on now. And why don't you tell us who your winner of the week is? My winner, and I don't think there's any debate whatsoever, is Carey Price. Um, on, on, on a, uh, during a week where very few of the Canadians showed up, at least showed up, uh, consistently, Carey Price was superb in each and every game, um, and was was named uh, a star. I think in 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 each game um, uh, against the Sabers, he's he stole the point. Um, remember that that highlight save on Merstalainen. Um, um, he made uh, there was 38 shots by the Sabers. Uh, Price made 35 saves. 
Um, he had 39 saves against um, the Islanders, 30 saves against Calgary. He faced um, an average of 37 shots a night, which <laughs> shouldn't for a team that's supposed to be contending and uh, for a rumored defensive team, giving up 37 shots a night is not what they're supposed to be doing. And Carey Price um, was the reason uh, that they were in every game. Now, again, for those people who, you know, look at his record or goals against his record uh, was one, one, and one, one, one game, lost a game, lost the game in overtime. Um, but I don't think as, as I was trying to make the case last week and, and I should say about last week, you know, I, I mentioned something about uh, Tony Marinero at 690. I got an avalanche, an absolute avalanche of emails and uh, DMS on Twitter's and thank you for everybody out there. And basically um, everybody said, thank you. That was, uh, that's what I feel, or that was long overdue or really glad you said what you said. Uh, we did, we did have one that said, "Oh yeah, but Tony sometimes makes some good points from a from a, a regular listener." And and okay, that's that's fine. Uh, but overwhelmingly, we had a, a ton of of uh, response uh, last week, and uh, I certainly appreciate. And Tony was up to his, you know, on the broadcast this week. They were talking about uh, Carey Price going to the All Star Game, and Marinow said. Um, he thought that Mike Condon should be at the all-star game instead of Carey Price. So that shows you where um, Tony's head's at. But anyway, um, Carey Price just absolutely superb this week. And, um, and he's my winner of the week. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Rick, there's uh, not much we could uh, debate about that. He did have a, a great week and a great game as well against the uh, New York Islanders. Looking forward to the break as much mentally as physically. It's not really a break. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. So that's Carey Price. He, he sounds so <laughs> excited of going to the All-Star game. But to be fair, that was uh, a clip from right after the game against the New York Islanders. So he was probably in a bad mood following uh, the performance of the team uh, that game. So probably wasn't in the mood. To, uh, to be very uh, talkative. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Habs 360 podcast to become our question of the day. Following the acquisition of uh, Nesterov, what are the next dominoes to fall? Do you think there will be any kind of other impact? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave us your comments. But coming up next, David Dernay. He's back skating with his regular jersey. He should be back in the lineup soon. Where does he fit in? We'll talk about that and more on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring Habs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right. Welcome back to episode 196 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 28, 2017. My name is Chris G, Chris G1980 on Twitter, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs. And well, the Canadians, they have a bunch of players who are injured. There's David Daphne, there's Andre Markov, there's Alex Galchenyuk, Craig Patteron, and uh, Brandon Gallagher. And Michel Terry said that on Monday, all those players will be uh, reevaluated, so we should have a update on uh, their injuries in a couple of days. And Alex Galchenyuk mentioned it. He came back, he played a couple of games, and then during Saturday night's game against the uh, Buffalo uh, Sabres, he got what uh, Michel Terrien described as slightly injured. He ended up finishing that game, but he's been out since, and he hasn't even skated since the game against the the Buffalo Sabres. And Rick, are you uh, concerned by this, um, by him getting re-injured against the Sabres? Yeah, actually I am. Um, and, and given that, um, you know, there's, there's been no kind of update since then um, saying that, Oh, well, we expect him back next week or th- there's been really nothing on Galchenyuk. Um, Tarian spoke about Markov, but um, but not not Galchenyuk. And you know, I I think they were quite emphatic that that he didn't come back too soon. Um, but we we've seen that before with other players um, coming back and then then getting re-injured. Uh, so um, Galchenyuk is is um, you know I know when he came back, Tarian I don't know for whatever reason put him on the third line, but the Canadians offense sputters. Uh, we've seen in the last, I don't know, six weeks, how many games have, have they been around the 20 shot mark? Um, and, uh, and e- even to this week, um, it's, it's uh, yeah, that it, it's a different looking team without Galchenyuk. And there would be concern if, if he was going to be out any kind of, uh, for any length of time, let's let's hope that's not the case. And uh, I agree with you. I'm also concerned. Man, if you would have skated, I would say okay. Like you know, it's just one more game before the All Star break. Let's just give it to him off. The Canadians are in a good position in the standings, but the fact that he hasn't even skated to me shows that you know it's probably something more than the uh, slightly injured, like uh, like the coach called it. Which, if you think about it, what does that even mean? being slightly uh, slightly injured and it's and a, a good thing also is the Canadians well not a good thing something different from the Canadians this year is that they were up front and he mentioned that it's the same injury that uh, Galchenyuk suffers so it looks like they're um, they're continuing to be a little more transparent when it comes to injuries and I'm sure that's a lesson learned from uh, from last season uh, a player well, there's two players that are actually close to a returning. One of them is the Canadiens forward, David Dernay, who started practicing with his uh, regular jersey on uh, Wednesday before the team flew out to, uh, to New York to face the, uh, the Islanders. So David Dernay, he's a very, I don't know, I guess a polarizing player. He causes a lot of reaction from the fan base every time you mention his, uh, his name. And well, one thing that we know is that the coaching staff uh, or the coach himself, Michel Therrien, does like David Dernay. So the question that I'm asking myself now is, where does he fit in? Let's say on a Tuesday when the Canadians head back from the All-Star game and they face the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres 
at the Bell Center. If David Dernay is back and he's ready to play, where does he fit in? We can look at both scenarios. And Ricky, let me know after if you agree. Let's go with uh, first a scenario where Alkyal Chanyak isn't in the lineup, still out for injury. I see the lines being Pacioretty, Dano, and Radulov as your first line. Lekonen, Plekanec, and Byron as your line number two. And then we see a third line of Sven, uh, Andrigero, David Darne, Andrew Shaw. And then the fourth line would be Daniel Carr, Tori Mitchell, and uh, Brian Flynn. So I think that would um, would put Dernay in the third line center, which is which is where he belongs. And then I'm taking the other uh, approach, where let's say when Galchenyuk does come back to the lineup, where does David Dernay fit? And I think this is where it gets a little bit uh, tricky. And what I'm saying is I'm not saying what I would do. I'm saying this is what I expect. To uh, to happen, I expect the first line to be Pacioretty, Galchenyuk, and Radulov. The second line, Lekonen, Plekanec, and Byron. And then the third line, I would see Dano on the left wing, David Dernet center, and Andrew Shaw on the right wing. And then you see, on the fourth line, we would see Sven Andrigero, uh, Tori Mitchell, and Brian Flynn. And that means that uh, Carr is the uh, odd man out. So in that scenario, I'm not crazy about it because I think uh, Daniel has done a, a good job. Yes, not as a number; he doesn't belong as number one sender, but I think he's done a, a good job to earn himself at least the, the third center position. But uh, Rick, when if David if uh, if David Danek comes back and Galchenko is healthy, I don't see the coach in any way or in any kind of scenario putting Daniel on the wing. Other than it's Michelle Therrien, and he has, what it, for whatever reason, no logical reason, a particular fondness for David Darnay. Um, but, you know, I agree with you. Um, Galchenyuk, uh, Placanitz, uh, Deno as, as the top. You can't put Darnay as, as a fourth-line center because he, he doesn't play the kind of role that you need on the fourth line. Um, and you can't, I know he, you know, people say, well, I'll put him on the wing. He he. He can't fish pucks. He can't battle um, on the boards, and and he can't. He's not very good at retrieval. Um, you know, there was um, uh, C.J. Castleman. We we asked the question about what it, what happens to DRNA. C.J. Castleman on Twitter says, uh, "Slot him in as the second line center in the AHL." And even at that, you know, um, if you think about it. You got right now in the ice caps, you got McCarron as the top line center. Is DRNA better than McCarron? No, absolutely not. Daniel Audette has been terrific all year as a second line center. Uh, does DRNA take his place? No, absolutely not. Uh, Marcus Eisensmead, he was terrific when, when players like Sherback and McCarron and, and Terry and, and Farnham and all those were up. Um, Eisenschmied uh, just filled in and he was terrific. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's a spot on the, on this team, the, the, you know, maybe the Brampton beast. I, I really don't know. I, I don't see David Dayarnay. Uh, you know, we remember the scenario uh, about sending players home and asking him not to play. I, I just don't see any place, um, in this organization for David Dayarnay, uh, from a merit standpoint. I know, you know, Terrian loves him and, and wants wants to give him more chances than he uh, deserves, wants to put him out on the power play for, you know, 60 straight games without a point, uh, all of those kinds of things. But, but based on merit, I, it, he hasn't been missed in any way while he's been, while he's been gone. And uh, like I said, like, like we won't discuss about the merit because I think we're in agreement with that. But when it comes to what's going to happen, Realistically, okay, the Brampton Beast, like, forget about it for David Darnet. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm both just agree that, like, that's not happening. And, but do you see, like, do you think it's um, feasible or it's even possible that they sit out Darnet, like, he becomes four number 13, or that they even go through that route where they actually stash him in the AHL somewhere, like, and we'll figure out who he plays with, you know, when he gets there. But do you actually see the Canadians doing that? Because I have hard. 
I have a hard time thinking that they will do that, especially the AHL. To have them sit out a couple of games, I think it is possible because right before uh, Yalchen got injured, I think he was scheduled to be a healthy scratch, but then an injury happened and he he was brought back in. So do you ever see that as a possibility? Yeah, well, he he was very, very fortunate, uh, and people were talking about the horseshoes of David Darnay uh, in that an injury happened. Um, you know, otherwise he, he wouldn't have been in the lineup. Um, I, I think we go back to that, that uh, interview that Bergevin had with, uh, with Chris Nyland, and he said something that he learned from uh, Larry Plo, Larry Plo in the St. Louis Blues, that don't make a decision until you have to, um, that things can happen, that uh, there can be unexpected situations. There can be injuries. There can be. So I, I don't think, uh, you know, even if, even if DRNA sits um, for a couple of games, I, uh, I think that's what they're going to do rather than, rather than um, put them on waivers and send them to uh, the ice caps. Now, now maybe that happens after the trade deadline. Uh, but right now, until the trade deadline, I I think that uh, they slot him in for injuries and and otherwise he he goes to the press box. So you can let us know your thoughts on David Darnay via Twitter at Habs360. So where do you where do you think David Darnay will will play? And let's try to keep it in the sense where uh, what we think is going to happen. Then based on America's merits, I think uh, entire Habs nation, if not most of it in agreement and also coming up next we're going to tackle our question of the day which is what are the next dominoes to fall following mark Benjamin's acquisition of nikita nesterov you can let us know via twitter at habs 360 you can leave your comments on the all habs facebook page and you can give us a call toll free at 1-877-455-4945 the phone lines are open and we could talk about anything related to the Montreal Canadiens. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 196 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 28th. 
2017. It's episode 196 of the uh, podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980 along with uh, Rick Stevens. Prior to Thursday night's game between the Canadians and the Islanders, Canadians announced that they acquired Nikita Nesarov from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Following the game, Mark Berger had a, a quick press conference discussing the uh, acquisition. Let's take a listen. He's a good young defenseman. Skates well, moves the puck, and we'll see where his game's at when he gets with us next week. You were saying earlier that he's always played well against you. You've seen him. Yeah, no, we have seen him. He had, he had some really good games against us. He compete. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays hard and uh, skates well. And uh, again, he's only 23 years of age, so uh, defensemen always take a little longer. And time will tell where, he's, where his game's at when he gets uh, to be with the Canadians. So those were Mark Bergevin's thoughts on the acquisition. Uh, you heard our comments earlier. I think it was a good trade because the Canadians acquired them for pretty much nothing. Uh, Rick is a little more, um, I guess, not, wait and I wouldn't see. say honest. Wait and see. Yeah, wait and see kind of uh, uh, approach. So you can let us know what you think via Twitter at Habs360 on our All Habs Facebook page. You can also reach us on our Habs360 hotline at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine. 45, and we're going to go to the phone lines now where we are joined by Blaine. How are you doing, Blaine? Excellent. How are you? I'm good. So, so Blaine, what are your thoughts on that uh, the acquisition of uh, Nesterov? I thought it was an excellent uh, trade for Montreal. Uh, you guys have covered it fairly well. I mean, he didn't give up very much in return for what is basically at the moment a depth defenseman. I, I don't know if he'll become anything more, but even as he is now, I thought the assets he gave up for him were, uh, were very minor in comparison for what he gets in return, even if it is only for this season. So so just to summarize, I'm right and Rick is wrong. That's what this is always about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to agree with Chris, uh, Rick. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. So you, you can call us back whenever you want. And what about uh, and what about what do you think about uh, David Dernier and him? Put I think by this time next week in our next episode he'll be back in the lineup. Where do you see him fit in? Uh, it's hard to see where he can fit in, um, you know, fan wise. But with uh, Michel Therrien as coach, uh, my guess is he's going to ease him back into the lineup as he always has uh, when he comes back from injury. Uh, he'll probably play on the third line and move back over we're, we're we need the help at center and he is able to give something offensively but he hasn't produced very much i honestly don't think he's going to be able to uh to give montreal what what they need to compete so we're we're kind of stuck with him at the same time for the rest of the season i, I just don't see anyone wanting to take him off of our hands so we're kind of between a rock and a hard place at this point and uh, one last question before we let you go with the acquisition of Nesterov. How do you think the, the defense will look for, at least in the short term? Do you expect anything else to come next? Or is it just, uh, like Bergevin says, you can never have enough, uh, you can never have too many defensemen? Uh, honestly, I think it, 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 gives him an op- it gives him options uh, if he's able to make a move for, for an upgrade somewhere else. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think he would be looking for an upgrade at defense just because Markov is on his way back. And with Markov returning from a long-term injury like this, it's essentially the same as getting a, a rental for a top-four defenseman. So at this point, I would see it more of a, yeah, I'll, I'll hold on and wait and see. It does help our defense, and it could give him an option further down the line if he's looking for upgrades. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you for calling in. And remember, when you agree with me, you can call back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, I hope Steve, right. uh, I hope Rick doesn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he won't. You're <laughs> Thanks, good. Ben. You're right. good. Thanks, You're guys. All right. All right. So 1-877-455-4945 is uh, the phone number to uh, reach us to leave your your comments. So let's go now and check on Twitter for some comments on our question of the day. Uh, First one uh, comes from 
Uh, well, it came from Blaine. He, he writes, Nesov is a great defenseman for little cost. Markov returning is the same as a rental. Top four defenseman. Benjamin can now focus on uh, a second center with his uh, depth and uh, prospects. So, so thank you very much for for that, Blaine. And Rick, what does it look like on uh, the All Habs Facebook page? On the All Habs Facebook page, um, and if you go to if you want to join in, go to Facebook and just uh, search for All Habs. Um, all one word. Uh, Derek Rendell says that Dayarnay will go to St. John's via waivers. Uh, Jesse Newfeld says uh, trade Plakanitz for a third and and a prospect. I might be asking a bit too much here. Uh, then trade the third for Hansel, make Weber captain, and make Patch an alternate. Well, you see, he's just remaking the whole team. All right. Exactly, um, right in the middle, right in the middle of the season, on top of that. Yeah, too. let's do that. Yeah, that's. Uh, you know, there was a. Well, we'll get to the we'll get to the bad tweet of the week later. It was a uh, it was about um, uh, leadership and whatnot. Uh, Naval Boya says trade Dernay Placanitz and a late round pick for Hansel. If that's the guy he want, his stats over his career aren't that great, so he would for sure be a rental, but that's my opinion. And look to move Markov with someone like De La Rose. Move the old man and his contract. Plus throw in a pup. He may have upside, but it will not be in Montreal. I guess he's talking about De La Rose there. We didn't talk much about Markov uh, coming back, but uh, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be huge. um, Given that the defense has been just a mess, um, uh, since since Markov was injured, um, you know, uh, Emelin and, and uh, Weber have been solid all season, but that second pairing, Petrie hasn't looked the same um, since he's had to play with with uh, Beaulieu and, and and even for a bit with Barbario, and the third pairing has been a bit of a rotation. So um, I, I think Markov coming back is is huge. And Rick, and if we do the same exercise we did with uh, David Darnay now when it comes to the acquisition of Nesterov, and I took a stab at what would the defensive pairings look like uh, with and without Markov. So let's start with um, let's start without. First pairing, I'd keep Emlin and Weber. Still can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, the second pairing, I'd probably stick with uh, Bollier and uh, Petrie. And then the third pairing, uh, you're looking at I'm looking at Barbario and uh, Nesterov, so I'm also assuming that Craig Patterson is uh, still injured. So that means somebody like um, like Redmond, he probably ends up on waivers at uh, at some point. And sorry, where was Markov in that? Uh, injured. Oh, he's not back yet. Okay. Yeah, he's not back yet. Markov is injured in this scenario. With, in that scenario, with Markov. Okay. Yeah, with Markov, I'd keep Emlin and Weber, Markov with Petrie, and the Bollier with Nesterov. And then you're looking at Canadians probably having two extra defensemen, Redmond and uh, Barbario. And that's until Pattern comes back. And then when Pattern comes back, you're not going to keep nine. There's an extra body. And then if you go through waivers, Barbario, Redmond, is there a, one of them yet? You think there's a better chance of potentially getting picked up? Barbaria has already gone through waivers once in the beginning of the season, and he 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 wasn't picked up. Is a Redmond, so it's uh, quite some uh, difficult decisions for for the Canadians, especially when uh, when Markov comes back. It's funny. The reason that Barbaria was available in um, Tampa Bay is because Nesterov took his position. So yeah. now we've got. Yeah, no, it's true, and 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 now we got the scenario where the same thing might be happening in in Montreal, and, and poor uh, Barbario, he's and uh, you know they're they're uh, I won't say they're similar, but but um, both puck move, moving um, Barbario is is a lot more physical than than Nesterov, but um, yeah, you know how's it how's it all going to play out? Uh, uh, and and how much further are you ahead uh, with a with a Nesterov Bolu rather than a Barbario Bolu? And and as you said, I think I think Patterns a key. 
Um, he, he was in the press box for a bit, but in my mind, uh, Beaulieu uh, pattern was the, the best third pairing that the Canadians have had uh, all season for that stretch that they were together. Beaulieu look good. And, and they have some familiarity of playing together uh, with the Bulldogs, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, so, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Um, and I think that kind of, um, you know, in a lot of people's mind, that signals that uh, somebody might be on the move. And of course the, the spotlight then turns to, to uh, Nathan Beaulieu, who hasn't had a very good season, hasn't played very well in his own end at all, but for a team looking for, uh, someone with a pretty high ceiling and um, and can be good on the offensive side if they need to help their power play. Um, Nathan Beaulieu could be a, a bargaining chip that that uh, uh, Bergevin is willing to willing to use, especially when he's got Sergachev and Juleson, uh kind of waiting in the wings. Yeah, so for sure, like I think definitely something is going to happen uh, from here to trade deadline. We know that Bergevin isn't afraid to have eight defensemen on the team, but uh, nine is a little bit, uh, a little bit overboard. So, so thank you for everybody for your uh, your, your comments on the Facebook and the Twitter for for our question. And speaking of trades, rumors, uh, there was one that was reported by Elliot Friedman on his uh, Thirty Thoughts blog, and Elliot Friedman, he's a reliable. Uh, Person, so that's why we're going to spend, you know, some time discussing it. Is apparently when Mark Bergevin asked the, the Arizona Coyotes what the price would be to get a Martin Hansel, the price that they were asking for was Michael McCarron, a first-round draft pick and a conditional draft pick. And I just want to remind everybody that uh, Martin Hansel, uh, it's his last year of his contract, so he's a UFA, so potentially. If the Canadians do acquire him, he could be gone at the end of the season. So, Rick, I don't know if you thought the same thing like me, but I'm like, this is way too much for a, a rental player to give up. We um, we posted that uh, just as is uh, what the the trade offer was supposed to be on on the All Habs Facebook page, and we got an enormous response. Um, there was uh, about 165 comments, I think. Um, if I can summarize, uh, the, the, most of them said, um, are the coyotes on glue? Um, that was kind of, I mean, that, that was, uh, that was, um, Canadians fans thought that was a ridiculous, ridiculous ask. Um, Martin Hansel, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, no doubt that, that he could, um, uh, help the roster, but certainly at, as, and for a rental, not at, not at that price. And, and if you look, um, you know, maybe a new situation with a new team, um, he's going to put up better numbers, but his numbers, um, his goals for per 60, uh, Thomas Pocanitz, wh- who people complain about his offense is uh, 2.04 goals for per 60. Hansel's way below that at 1.8. Um, so he's not producing on the offensive side and, uh, on the defensive side, um, goals against per 60, uh, Placanitz is at a very, uh, you know, a very strong 1.48 Hansel's 3.15. He's double more than doubled, um, his goals against while he's on the ice. Um, so, uh, you know, that's <laughs> the, Michelle Terrian's not going to be a fan of that. So uh, given the asking price, and given his numbers, and I, I, I don't know that I see uh, I, I see that trade happening at all. And speaking of uh, reaction, I want to remind you, Half Three Sixty is the most informative and interactive podcast. You heard the uh, the phone call earlier from uh, Blaine. We've been reading your Facebook comments, and now we're going through Twitter as well. We got some reaction in regards to David Dernay returning to uh, the lineup on Twitter. Chris Sauvé from Cornwall, Ontario, writes. Simple because he's not going to be in the lineup. We don't need him to ruin the chemistry. Mo Bouchard writes, there is already too many guys giving up good shots to make that unsuspected pass. Hashtag DD not needed. 
Uh, Eugene from uh, Laval writes, he should be waived and sent to St. John's. He is not needed in Montreal, but his cap space would be great. Uh, next week comes from uh, David Olinger from uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta. He writes, hopefully limited use as an extra winger and certainly not on the uh, power play. So thank you for the tweet, David. Uh, next tweet comes from Stephen Greer. Stephen writes uh, from Bristol, Quebec, with any luck, DD will be playing somewhere else to make a long playoff run and a win a cup. Habs need a, a big center game changer. And the last tweet comes from Rick, uh, Rick Ricks. He writes, DD will be used as a fourth uh, line left winger and the 13th forward in and out of the lineup. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Rick. And Rick Stevens, it looks like it's pretty much unanimous with the uh, Habs fans that, uh, you know, David Dernay, not, uh, not many people are looking forward to him returning to the lineup. No, it's um, not that you ever wish an injury on someone, but but having him out of the lineup has has helped uh, the Canadians. Um, it, it's it's it, it's a problem when he comes back. It's going to be a problem given Michelle Terrien's, um personal feelings about DRNA, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It's going to be a problem that uh, they'll have to solve somehow. And uh, I think Canadians fans are fearful of, of just how uh, Terrian will solve that. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. So we read some very good tweets, uh, Rick, from our followers. But this week you came across at least one bad tweet. At least one. Um, we... Um, it's odd. It's seven months. Is it seven months? Yeah, I think it's seven months since the Shea Weber PK Subban trade. Um, we got some emails about that. I don't know if we'll have time for that, but uh, there's a tweet that I just found. I don't know if it's a bad tweet. It's just bizarre. Um, it says from Scott O'Brien, Scott O'Brien, 99, sorry. Um, Shea Weber has shown nothing that PK didn't show. Leadership doesn't mean anything. Wins is what matters. Um, I don't, I honestly don't understand. I don't, you know, you're, you're, you're taking a, a shot at Shea Weber. You can't, you can't argue that he's not a great leader. Uh, so you, so you say leadership doesn't matter on a team. I, I'd, I'd like to see you have that conversation with, uh, Jean Beliveau or anyone who's ever played with Jean Beliveau, that leadership on a team doesn't matter. Yeah, so for sure. So that's a a bad tweet that uh, we came across uh, this week. So Rick, uh, the uh, AHLReport.net will be hitting the road again as of tomorrow. Why don't you tell us more about that? Yeah, the uh, AHL Report team will be uh, live from Allentown, Pennsylvania, where this year is the uh, AHL All-Star Classic on Sunday is the uh, skills competition, um, much like uh, the NHL is running today. Uh, and on Monday is the um, is the uh, All-Star Class is the game itself uh, for the AHL. Um, we'll be there live. We'll be there with uh, you can follow on Twitter the AHL Report um, or go to AHL uh, dot report and for the website. Um, and we'll have uh, pictures and tweets and full coverage uh, and uh, interviews because uh, Mark Barbaria was selected, but of course he's with the Canadians, so uh, he won't get to go. But Charlie Lindgren, who um, Sylvain Lefebvre has called his goaltender the MVP so far in the season, Charlie Lindgren in his rookie season was elected to the um, uh, AHL, all, uh, selected as an all-star, and so he'll be there and we'll be, uh, we'll be interviewing him. I just want to also give a shout out, shout out to the um, um, AHL uh, report team. Um, Amy Johnson, who's the lead contributor, um, Joe Whalen, who does game reports. Uh, he's in the press box at mile one uh, when the ice caps are home. Danielle Barnes, who prepares the weekly forecast. Uh, Douglas Brown, who's a photographer in mile one, taking some great pictures. 
Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's full coverage of the ice caps so that uh, you can uh, learn about the prospects uh, before they get to the Canadians. Go to the site, ahl.report. Lots of great information there. Yeah, so we'll definitely uh, be checking that. Uh, we'll be checking out the, the coverage uh, over at uh, the AHL dot report. And while we don't want to ruin the streak, uh, Rick, you're on a two-week consecutive where you are agreeing with uh, Michel Terrien, so we're going to extend <laughs> it to uh, to three. Okay. Because I'm going to agree with Michel Terrien. Wow. Michel Terrien is correct. <laughs> so there you go. So that makes it three weeks in uh, in a row. Rick, thank you very much. Always great, Chris. Thank you too. Thanks to everybody who sent in their tweets on uh, the Habs 360 Twitter account and everybody who left their comments on the uh, All Habs Facebook page. And a special note that next week Habs 360 will be broadcast at a special time as the Canadians will be playing. Uh, part of Super Bowl weekend during a regular time slot. Follow Habs 360 and uh, All Habs uh, for the time when it gets uh, decided. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And we'll be back next Saturday, episode 187 of the Habs 360 podcast. Have a good week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs 360 and visit allhabs.net.